0: You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, how are you this morning?
1: Oh, I'm doing very well, man, Karen, and you?
0: I'm doing well, but Charlie, are you finding, I don't know about you, but for me, this hot weather has really, like, affected my sleep. How's your sleep been this week?
1: Not not great, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that, because it's that's been, you know, the biggest impact
0: totally like i don't want to complain i love the sunshine i love it so much but like that's the downside is you're like oh the sleep but i guess we just have to get used to it and adjust but charlie whole lot happening this week and this story i definitely want to know what you think about it prince harry and megan have been in the news this week it seems they were in new york city at an event and they said that they were in a two hour car chase their spokesperson said it was catastrophic but the thing that's really weird about the story charlie is there's a lot of Conflicting reports as to what exactly happened. So, what do you make of this situation? The,
1: the phrasing a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi in a half dozen cars with blacked-out windows driving dangerously uh, and, <laughs> and putting uh, the the lives of the couple in danger. You know, and describing it as a relentless pursuit. And then what? Uh, you had and then the, the uh, Prince Harry and Meghan demanding, you know, the footage from this California-based agency called BackGrid hand mm-hmm. over the pictures. And there's a lot of money to be made in photos of, of you know, the royals. And then the lawyers were snubbing the royal couple and saying, you can't just make demands in America as kings do. In America, you know, that property belongs to the owners. You know, and, and they were... Kind of mocking the royal, or the—I don't know if I can call them the royal couple anymore because <laughs> uh, i have been cast aside. But but the uh, the legal team for this photo agency was saying that uh, this idea of the citizenry handing over their property to the crown was rejected by this country long ago. Uh, we stand by our founding fathers. So so the photo agency is, is kind of ridiculing. Harry and Megan but they're making a big deal and it's the story's gone around the world um, it's uh, it is you know on one level Harry and Meghan have volunteered for this because they can't keep their uh, stories out of the press to make money and, and they're always going to these events and trying to generate publicity which can sell more books for their... So then, then when something like this happens and they start complaining, um, the other thing, which is kind of an interesting aside, is the U.S. courts have... Uh, they came down with a big decision you know decades ago, the Sullivan decision, which actually accords a different level of privacy for public figures than the average Joe. And so Uh, they've certainly volunteered to become public figures in a lot of ways, and uh, but we'll see where this goes. I think we're we're all waiting to see the video video footage and what it shows, and maybe maybe it will uphold the claims.
0: And Charlie, I think this whole claim, as you know, every news outlet put it in inverted commas uh, of of this near catastrophic car chase uh, comes into question. The timing is very crucial because I believe uh, Prince Harry had asked for extra security, which was, of course, taken away from him. He asked the palace, but the fal- palace refused it, apparently. And uh, just very recently, uh, Whoopi Goldberg also said that, you know, she almost called out the BS and said, this cannot happen if, if it was so, that, you know, there was a two-hour car chase in New York. She said, we'd all make it to the theater on time. <laughs> yeah. And Mankaran has been to New York very recently for her holidays. So yeah, she... I don't understand yeah. it. It's a busy place. It is. <laughs> anyways, a lot of loopholes in this story, so we have to wait and see. Like you said, Charlie, we'll wait for that footage. Now, moving to some local news here, BC Health Minister Adrian Dix is pushing back against claims that Surrey Memorial Hospital is in crisis. We've been hearing a lot of people at the hospital have been saying, well, it is, but there's a bit of this back and forth. So what's going on here, Charlie?
1: Yeah, I think Adrian Dix is is trying to control the political damage because this story's Gone across the country, and what uh, you have a bunch of emergency room doctors, and they've even created a website uh, talking about, uh, and then it started with their open letter at Surrey Memorial uh, talking about unsafe conditions. So Adrian Dix came came firing back, and he's declaring there's no gag order on doctors at, at the hospital, um, and 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 trying to uh, downplay uh, the the problems there. And I think um, there has been a, a history of health authorities trying to discourage. Uh, doctors and medical staff from speaking publicly about health conditions and so so when adrian dix makes this claim he's using the word gag order uh it kind of reminds me of, <laughs> i don't want to say that you know when bill clinton made his public statement about monica lewinsky well it all came down to definitions mm-hmm. and and what what is adrian dix's definition of a gag order is a gag order you know something where where health Officials are being told they're going to be fired for speaking out, or, or not. Um, certainly, the physicians are under the impression that uh, they they it would be unwise to attach their names publicly to what they were saying. So, uh, but it, it the biggest problem I think for the NDP government is that if there's a perception that the healthcare system is crumbling, that's all we. Areas where the NDP has uh, performed higher in polls than than uh, BC Liberals now BC United, and the people who tend to make economy a top of mind issue have uh, skewed more towards the BC Liberals slash BC United. The people who make healthcare the, their primary concern skew more toward the NDP. So if the NDP Loses the public on this healthcare file. Um, that's going to present some problems. And that's the area that the BC Greens are perhaps hitting the hardest, even more than environment. So, so the NDP is getting pounded for both sides on healthcare. And, and Adrian Dix is making this statement. It's also interesting. I found it interesting that David Eby decided to keep Adrian Dix as the health minister. When he shuffled many of the other ministers, a lot of them changed portfolios. But the one that he kept was Dix. And there is a you know, a part of politics where people reach their 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 best before date. And after so many years of the same person, and Adrian Dix has been health minister since twenty seventeen, a bit of fatigue sets in when he's when he starts talking and. Um, I do wonder whether it might be prudent for David Eby uh, to put in a new health minister at some point um, so that you, you almost have a new voice speaking to these issues because right now there's a perception that the health care system is crumbling, people can't get doctors um, and, uh, and people are leaving health professions and um, Adrian Dix may know file very well and all the facts and figures and all of that, but at the same time, I don't think the NDP government's, uh, the perception of the government isn't where it should be
0: That's a really interesting observation, Charlie. I guess let's see what happens with this whole situation. It's quite something. Now, finally, Charlie, you were telling me about a very interesting person here, Vancouver writer Shailene Knight, and she's got a novel, Junie, that is about to be adapted into a TV series. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, Shailene Knight is a a brilliant writer, and she's actually of South Asian and African ancestry, and uh, her book was... About and it was very well written. I read the book about um, the Hogan's Alley neighborhood in Strathcona in Vancouver, and it was a where it was, it was kind of the the cultural hub and commercial hub for the Black community. And so it's set in the nineteen thirties, and it's a girl's coming of age story. And um, the, that neighborhood actually was bulldozed when they built the Georgia and Dunsmuir viaduct around 1970 because they were going to have a highway into Vancouver and those viaducts were going to connect to the highway and be the off-ramps. But what happened was the highway wasn't built because there was so many so much community opposition. So that's why we have these viaducts, the Georgian and Dunsmuir viaducts, but to build them, they had to demolish a neighborhood and it was where a fair number of black people were living. And so that's, Been a bone of contention within the black community in BC for a long time, and there's a Hogan's Alley Society. But what was remarkable, I think, about what Shaleen Knight did was she actually wrote a novel and created that world of the black community in Hogan's Alley. So now, a couple of producers, uh, one of them, Pranit Akila, uh, who's a Vancouver actor, they're going to create a, a ten-part series on, on Junie, and Shaleen Knight will be a consulting producer. And it's financed uh, by Creative BC, among others, um, and, and so it'll be interesting to see how that period of history and how the black community in that period of history of Vancouver is presented, because I don't think
0: many people are really aware of this history. I agree with you, Charlie, because I will say Hogan's Alley is something I didn't really become familiar with till after I finished school and it started coming up, and people sort of brought awareness to it. So I'm actually glad to see that this is being done. So I'm looking forward to it as well. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend.
1: Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye.